I was in the gym the other day, and uh, as you can tell, I know. Um, but no. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That wasn't a joke. Um, but I was uh, on the treadmill warming up, and I looked up on the wall, and there was this picture. And it was of an old stadium with the stadium seats and the cement steps going up. And the cement steps started at the bottom of the picture and went all the way through the top. And there was an athlete running up it. And it said, Perseverance. And the quote on the bottom of it says, What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Which is a quote from... um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Now, I don't believe, I don't agree with Mr. Emerson's philosophy. He was way off base when it came to um, God and our relationship with God. But in that one quote, I stood there as I was walking, looking at it going, wow, there's some real truth in that. If we could only grasp a hold of that truth of what lies in us is way bigger than what's behind us or what's in front of us. It changed our lives, and it changed the world around us. Mr. Emerson saw the power within us as an inner strength. Um, he felt like it came from within us, that it was us. But we know that that strength is not us, that power. It's the power of God within us. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about. If we can realize that what lies behind us, our past hurts, our past failures, what people have done to us, That's what lies behind us. What we face daily, they're tiny matters compared to what lies within us. The power of God that that is within us. And that with that power, we can be overcomers. We can be more than conquerors. I know that sometimes that message, when I was writing it, I was like, man, God, really? Do you want me to bring this? Because it seems like kind of simple. But I know that there's somebody here that needs to hear that today, that needs to hear that what lies within us is so much stronger than what we're facing on a daily basis or what we've faced in the past. 1 John 4, 4 says, in the Passion Translation, it says, Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than, one, than the one who is in the world. In the context, that passage is talking about false, false prophets, people bringing the false message, bringing things that are untrue about God or, un, uh, or, or just fault, the false word. But really, isn't that what Satan does on a daily basis to us? He tries to distort God's word. He tries to whisper in our ear. He tries to bring false teachings. He tries to knock us off of what the truth is in God. Overcoming Satan's attempt to downplay what we are and the power that lives within us, that is that if what we have at our disposal, if we only call upon God and have the confident expectation that He will act on our behalf, that's what that's what that strength, that's that inner strength, not from us, but from God. If we can grasp that truth and reality. That the power of the living God living inside us is far greater than anything we have or will face. We've already run the battle. We've actually won the war if we can realize that. If we can realize that because then the battle's not ours. 1 John 4.4, like I read, it 
it says that the Spirit of God is living within us. But let's look at some other verses. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know and understand that you, the church, are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you collectively and individually? You know, we talk about the church. The church is not this building. The church is us. And God dwells within us. John 14, 16, and 17, Jesus is talking, and he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, advocate, intercessor, a counselor, strengthener, a standby, to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he the Holy Spirit remains within you continually and will be in you. You know him because he's inside you. If you skip down to verse 20, it says, On that day, when that time comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Today I have three things that we can focus on to help us comprehend the power that's within us. The power that can change lives. It can change our lives. It can change the lives around us. All right, the first one is recognize who is living within us. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. Second Corinthians says, Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as Savior, he is a new creation. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. And the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakenings begin a new life. So we all know the story of David and Goliath. David is a young boy. He comes to the battlefield. Um, I probably should have preached this on a, on a Sunday when the kids were in here. But I, I wanted to use him as an example because he understood the strength within him. He understood that strength that comes from God. So we all know the story. David and Goliath. David goes to the battlefield. His brothers are there to fight. He's not there to fight. He's there to bring some milk and cheese, some snacks for him. And then he, he hears Goliath defile the God of Israel and the armies of Israel. And quite frankly, it ticks him off. It really makes him mad. As he's talking to King Saul, this is what he says in 1 Samuel 17, 37. It says, David, David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Later, when he goes to fight Goliath, Goliath mocks him. He says, What, do you come at me like a dog? You know, I'm going to take you and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds and to the beasts of the fields. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. But David didn't have to muster up more of his own strength. He didn't have to, he didn't have to like, I don't know, make a plan or, or to, 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 to muster up more strength and go, I can do this, I can do this. You know, he wasn't the little train that could, you know. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. No, David knew the power of God. So David says, in verse 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come at me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the corpse of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David is someone who knew the power of God. He knew that power, and he didn't go at Goliath in his own strength. But let me point something out to you. David was different than we were because David didn't have God living inside him. Okay, David acted under the old covenant. Okay, so David, there was a God. He served a God, but God didn't live within him. Jesus hadn't come yet. We have a whole new covenant. Jesus died on the cross to save us, to redeem us, and to live inside of us and to give that power within us on a daily basis. David had to call upon God, and God was there, and, God, and he had that power to strike down the Philistine. But we have so much greater because it lives within us. It's not, we don't have to wait for God to show up. God is there. God is within us. Number two, realize the power that we have from the Holy Spirit with, living within us. So guys, with any tool that we have in our shop, in order for you to know the power that it was created, that that it has to create it, you've got to be able to turn it on, right? So if we can take a chainsaw, and I can grab a chainsaw, and I can start doing this at the piece of wood, it's not going to get very far, is it? Actually, the chain's going to roll back and forth, and I'm not going to get anywhere, all right? Ladies, you could take... The strongest vacuum in the world. How about the Benford 7000 Cyclone? Anybody? Benford? Never mind. So you could take that and you could take it out of the closet every day and you could push it along your floors. Hardwood floors, carpet, doesn't matter. You could push it along. And unless you plug it in, unless you realize that it has power, it's, your floors are going to get dirty. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, if you went to clean the lady's house and said, well, I vacuumed, but you didn't turn on the vacuum, (laughs) they're going to get mad at you eventually, aren't they? So in order for us to take advantage of the incredible power, the cyclone suction power of the Benford 7000, we've got to understand what it's capable of. We've got to understand the power. That's like the power of God that's within us. We must realize the strength. We must realize the capabilities of it. The, The authority that has been given to us in order for us to have victory in our, in our lives. If we accept Jesus as our, Savior, as our Savior, we'll be saved. We'll go to heaven. But really, Jesus says he came to give life and life more abundantly. A lot of times I think the church preaches that if you're saved, you're going to go to heaven, and that's really kind of the ultimate goal. And yes, we do want to go to heaven, but what does the Lord's Prayer says? It says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a declaration to bring heaven to earth. And that power living within us brings heaven to earth. So we don't have to, we don't have to put up and just make it through this earth, this world, just to make it to heaven. Okay? We can have life and life more abundantly, like he said. But we have to realize that power. How do you realize that power? How do you plug into that power? I know it's not fancy. 
It's not groundbreaking. It's not earth-shattering. You've been told before. We've got to dive into God's Word. We've got to dive into God's Word. Um, Jesus says in John 18, or it's John 8, 31 and 32, says, If you abide in my Word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth regarding salvation, and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. The Bible's like the power cord to that vacuum. You got to plug that vacuum in to make it work. You got to pull that cord to make that chainsaw start. You got to put that battery in that cordless drill for that drill to work. Because if not, those tools are worthless. And it kind of is like we are. If we don't have that power, if we don't continually put that, that power cord, plug into that daily word, we can be kind of useless. At least I can be. I, I, I don't know about you. Maybe you can make it. I've, I, I, I go days, and I'll just be honest with you. There's days where I don't dive into the Word. And I find two or three or four days later that I'm, I'm pretty thin. I'm, I'm struggling with stuff. I get, I get attitudes. I get, you know, I get, I get snippy with my wife. There, and it's like, yeah, I'm not plugging into God's word. I'm not plugging into God. I'm not spending time with God. And so we need that on a daily basis. Number three is rely on God living within us to overcome the world. John sixteen thirty three gives us an encouragement that God is in control. And we can be victorious against anything we face in the world. It says, In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. All right, notice it does say that we're going to have troubles and tribulations. I'd rather that verse not say that. I'd rather say that since you've accepted me, as your Lord and Savior and your child of the living God, you will never have any problems. I would love that. It's like, why can't that verse say that? But really, it says we're going to face that because that's what the world, that, that's the kind of world we're in. We're going to face troubles. We're going to face trials. We're going to face tribulations. But the cool thing is, is he said he's already overcome the world. So we don't have to face him alone. We don't have to face him with the idea that we're going to be defeated, we can face them, really, with that attitude of David of bring it on because my God is going to, going to deliver me, going to give me victory in this situation. So we're supposed to react when we have trials and tribulations. And that verse says that we're supposed to be courageous. We're supposed to be confident. Now, confident in what? Again, not ourselves, but that power of God living within us. We need to be undaunted. That's a great word, undaunted. Be filled with joy. Why? Because the living God that's living within us, the powerful God, has overcome the world. So here's all, a question for all of us to consider. If this is the case, that we have the power living within us, why do we also come to sin sometimes? Why do we all stumble? Mainly, I think we all stumble, at least I stumble, when I'm relying on my own, my own strength. When I'm looking at myself to overcome that. When it's, when it's me trying to overcome, it's me trying to get better, or it's me trying to overcome temptation. 
not relying on God, not relying on that power source. I'm like that vacuum that's being pushed across the, the carpet with no power, not plugged in, not turned on. There's nothing there. You can't overcome sin on your own. You really can't. It, it's, it's almost impossible. It, well, it is impossible. Without God, we can't overcome sin. But the cool thing is, is he's overcome it already. We'll just let him work within us. We're not made to try to overcome sin on our own. We're not made to fight those battles on our own. God made us to abide in him and to let him fight those battles. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Second Chronicles 20.15 says, Listen carefully, all you people of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, the king of Joseph. Jehoshaphat. The Lord says this to you, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude. The battle is not yours, but God's. So in order for us to live like what is behind us and what is is before us is tiny compared to what is within us, we must recognize who's living within us. We must realize the power of the Holy Spirit that's living within us, and rely on God living within us to overcome the world. I heard a song the other day. One verse stood out to me very clearly. It was, it was interesting. It was, I don't remember when it was. I was listening to the radio, and it was, kind of a, it was kind of a theme song for some sort of countdown show or whatever. I, I don't, didn't understand it, but all of a sudden, I'm just kind of listening, and all of a sudden, this, it just... It just caught me by surprise what was being said. And it says, don't tell your God about your big problems. Tell your problems about your big God. Isn't that cool? Just a different mind shift. Tell your problems about your good God. Because your good God has overcome all those problems. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand for a second. So... To have that power living within you, we have to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We have to lay our lives down. And Jesus wants the best for you. He loves each and every one of you so very much. So very, very much. The world would tell you that if you accept Jesus, you're going to have no fun and and you're going to have to, I don't know, go to Africa you're going to have to give up your life. And that's not really the truth. God wants the best for you. He, gave, he came to give life and life more abundantly. He wants the very, very best for you. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. He's a kind God. He's gentle with us. So if you've never given your heart to the Lord, I encourage you today that as we pray, that you just ask the Lord. It's a simple prayer. Father, I want to be your child. I want to live for you. I want, to, I want your best for me. I want to lay my life down and, and, and lay things down that I'm struggling with 
and let you take care of them. So just bow your heads. and Father, I thank you. I thank you that you love us so much that if we accept your son, that you come and dwell in us. And that power is so great that we can overcome anything that's behind us, anything in our past that haunts us, any failures that we've done or somebody's done something to us, that they are covered in your blood. Anything we face on a daily basis, anything that we face at all, struggles emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, medically, anything, Lord. They are tiny compared to you that lives within us. So, Father, I just ask you that you will come dwell in us. That you will accept us as as we are. We don't have to clean ourselves up to come to you. We can come to you just exactly as we are. We don't have to, to know everything. We don't have to be confident in everything. We can say, Lord, you know what? I want to serve you. I'm going to trust you today. So, Father, I ask you right now, if there's anybody in this room that hasn't accepted you, that you'll wrap your arms around them in love, that you'll strengthen them, that you'll encourage them, that you'll love on them, that you'll show them that you are God that loves them so very much. And Father, I know myself and others, we try to do stuff on our own strength. I ask you for forgiveness for that. There is no condemnation in you. Lord, I look to you. I ask you that you will help us to realize the power that lives within us. That you'll help us to realize who that power, where that power comes from. It comes from you. And that we'll rely on that power to overcome the battles, to overcome the obstacles in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you have overcome the world and that we can rest in you, that we don't have to strive, that we don't have to go to battle every day, but that we can get up and we can say, Lord, fight that battle for me today. Help me to be more like you. Help me to walk in your love and walk in your strength. Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to worship a little bit. You're welcome to sit. You're welcome to stand. You're welcome to um, worship how you see fit. Ask Holy Spirit during this worship time where you've relied on your own strength and, and where you can give, give that up to God and He can take care of it. Um, if you have anything that you'd like to be prayed for, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, Andrew will be up here and... Jamie will be up here. If you've got something we'd like to, you'd like to be prayed with, we'd love to agree with you. Um, we'll just worship a little bit, and then I'll, I'll close in a prayer.